Welcome to Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, where we promote integration and collaboration. Whether you are just starting your practice or you are ready to push the profession forward, we aim to provide you all the tools necessary to form relationships and educate your community. After all, spines of all sizes deserve to be adjusted. Welcome to our podcast and thanks for listening. Hey guys, this is Dr. Katie here and we're going to talk a little bit more today about developing your picture of success and what that looks like. So uh, before we get started, I'm joined here by Dr. Ashley Edwards. So I just want to take a moment to introduce her. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Um, Ashley here and I have actually lived together. Uh, she saw me through my later years of chiropractic school and graduation. Now I've had the immense honor and privilege to watch her go through chiropractic school and graduate, which after this comes out, you're going to be graduate, which is going to be awesome. Um, and Ashley and I were actually talking about, you know, developing this picture for yourself and kind of knowing uh, what you're really good at and identifying that and also having the self-awareness to know what you're not so good at. And uh, self-awareness is very, very important. So I actually, straight out of school, uh, started training humans for about two years, and uh, I was good at it, but I wasn't great at it. So um, the reason I wasn't great at it is because I didn't have a lot of passion behind it. I still like taking care of humans, but I love taking care of animals, and I love uh, enabling other people to take great care of animals as well. Uh, so my role in you know doing this podcast is to promote that message and to inspire other people to have that great passion for you know taking care of them and advancing our profession. Um, so Ashley, would would you mind introducing our concept here today and what it's about? So today we continually talk about success and how mm-hmm. to develop that picture and what it looks like and what it's looked like in our in our friendship and our professional lives mm-hmm. and the development of success and what it's going to be. So today we're going to talk about a concept that I was introduced to by a gentleman named Brandon Dawson. He told me to read this book by a guy named Jim Collins. It's called Good to Great. And it's about how companies went, they made the leap from good to great and then stayed great based off of these statistics for 15 years. 15 years, that's a long time. Yeah, throughout the study. Excellent studies. Um, But Jim Collins talks about this idea called the hedgehog concept or the three circles of the hedgehog in his book, Good to Great. And it's based off of three questions. And... As we have discussed these questions in our own lives Mm -hmm. and challenged each other to answer them, we've started to figure out what our success can look like and and in what ways we can be most operationally effective in our lives and for those around us. We don't want to put energy where, you know, you're not using it constructively. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about the hedgehog concept today. And the hedgehog concept is based off of three questions. One... Well, technically four, but three major questions. One is what can you be best at in the world and what can you not be best at in the world? Mm-hmm. Two is what drives your economic engine? Well, that's fire. I know. <laughs> what is financially viable is actually what that question means. Oh, okay. So what what is something we'd love to do? Like a lot of people would love to give chiropractic care for free, right? Oh, absolutely. We would love to be so well off that not a single patient ever had to pay for care. Mm-hmm. That would be... The awesome. dream. Yeah. It's the dream. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But or or some people's dream, we should say. Yeah. But the second question is what drives your economic engine? So what is financially viable? What is something that we can do that's financially viable? Mm-hmm. And the third question is what are you deeply passionate about? Yeah. Man, we 
we went through this for a couple years trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. So I I struggled in chiropractic. I'm also, uh, I have a master's in clinical neuroscience. Mm -hmm. And with that master's, like I, I love neuroscience. I love chiropractic neurology. The Mm -hmm. brain is a huge passion of mine, Mm -hmm. but I also love leadership, administrative work, operations. All of that is right up my alley. Yeah. So I struggled through these things and I'm also a chiropractor. So I I have a degree in chiropractic. So am I going to be a chiropractor? Am I going to be a neuroscientist? Am I going to go to medical school? Am I going to not be in a, in a clinical position and go into something else, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you watch me struggle through those, and I know that you struggle through similar things for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and actually uh, someone said the meaning of life was to find your gift, and then um, your purpose in life is to share that gift. And I really feel like your gift in um, that you shared with me is your ability to communicate and um, how you translate that and um effectively use that has you know definitely blossomed but you're already gifted with it so i'm really excited that you get to share that with my listeners too i really do appreciate that yeah absolutely so uh we're going to move on um how how do these three principles um apply to our listeners i think that everybody can learn from these concepts so if if you write these down again i'm going to repeat them what can you be the best at in the world And what can you not be the best at in the world? The second one is what drives your economic engine? And the third one is what are you deeply passionate about? Okay, so let's dig into that first one. So what can you be the best at in the world and what can you not be the best at in the world? Yeah. So your your listeners may or may not know what I look like. I am about five foot three and about 130 pounds. I am not the biggest chiropractor that you've ever seen. Yeah, but she's feisty though. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I actually did a rotation through the VA hospital in Dallas, and I had quite a few patients call me tiny but mighty. So, yeah. You know, you don't always I get it. I get that working on horses, too. Yeah, so. exactly. But, yeah. you know, you, you look at some some chiropractors, and you're like, there's no way they can adjust me, right? Yeah. So, and sometimes, You get I'll that a honest, lot as a female. Sometimes I look at them, and I'm like, I'm not sure how I'm going to adjust you. But yeah. you, you find ways. You definitely do. Yeah, absolutely. But... I kind of came to the realization, like, what can I be the best at in the world? And and I personally realized I will never be the best adjuster. Mm-hmm. I won't. It's one, it's not what I'm passionate about, but we're going to talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But I'll never be the best adjuster. So why not pick something or pick a different avenue that I can be the best at? Yeah. Right? So that's kind of how that applied to me. Yeah. Um, what What can I not be the best at in the world? What can I be the best at in the world? So you're not so great at, you know, having that passion for being the best adjuster, but you're super passionate about being an effective communicator and, you know, using that as, um, you know, facilitating an administrative role, helping other people be more successful. If they're more talented adjusting, maybe they're not so talented at communicating. So, and I feel like that's a missing piece that a lot of chiropractors miss is how to communicate. Education and communication is absolutely necessary, especially as our profession moves towards a more evidence-based mindset. I agree. You have to be able to communicate the evidence. You have Mm -hmm. to be able to read and and look at the evidence. You and I had a discussion today about about reading research. It's terribly difficult. You watched me read a paper, and I was three pages in, and I looked up, and I said, I've been sitting here the whole time, and I still am only on page three. Yeah, it was like 20 minutes. So it it takes a long time. It takes a long time. But you have to be able to learn how to communicate what you've then read or what you've consumed, right? Absolutely. And so it's 
it's a process. It really is. So you're right. Mm-hmm. I I would say one of my stronger suits is communication in that I can go and talk to people about how to properly integrate, how to approach a medical doctor about what we do and why we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the garden hose theory doesn't work when you're talking to a medical doctor. Yeah. It may be great when you're talking to a patient. Personally, I don't use it. It may be great for other people, though. Mm-hmm. But a medical doctor may not want to hear that. You know, they, they'd There's like to no know. There's no evidence to support that. There's not. They'd like to know the harder science. They, they yeah. want to know how you're going to communicate and and be able to speak their language. Right? Absolutely. You have to take it to a different level when you're talking to a layperson versus someone that's very educated. So um, definitely need to dive into that maybe in a different episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to talk to you know veterinarians or medical doctors or whatever it may yes. be. Um, but also you know, having them value what you do mm-hmm. um, and coming at it from an evidence-based uh, mindset. So let, sure. let's dig into the second part of the, um, the hedgehog's concept. So it's what drives your economic engine. Yeah, what does that mean? So what that means is what is financially viable? So chiropractic looks different for a lot of different people. Yeah. You have high volume practices, you have functional neurologists or chiropractic neurologists who will spend four hours with a single patient, That's right? Time. So it, it, it can be longer, it can be shorter, it depends. You know, it depends on what you're doing. If you're doing metabolics on a patient, it's gonna take longer than a two minute adjustment. It yeah. totally depends. But you have to have, for example, you have to have a pay structure that can afford that. Absolutely. Right? So. I can't have a chiropractic neurology practice and charge $15 for an adjustment alone or for, you know, that can be a component of what yeah. I'm doing, but you have to have a different fee schedule. Well, you'll go broke, be uh, you know, doing that. Uh, you, you spend take, so much time. Yeah, cause you want to take care of people, but you have to also be reimbursed, um, you know, in order to take care of more people. You exactly. same business. So what is financially viable? And we talk we talk a lot, too, about all these people coming out of school. You know, they have a ton of loans and everything. Yeah. And they go into associateships, which is great. There's awesome associateships to go and learn. But a lot of the time, like, they're not making money. Yeah. They're not making enough money to pay their loans off. They're barely making ends meet, right? Yeah. And you don't have loans coming in like you did in school. Absolutely. So it's it's hard. It That is not going to drive your economic engine. Mm-hmm. So you have to find things like what can you be the best at in the world? What can you not be the best at in the world? And what drives your economic engine? What is financially viable? Mm-hmm. And sometimes things that we want to do are not financially viable. You have to run a business as well as do patient care. Yeah. I think a lot of us, since we're in a healing profession, we want to give what we have away. And unfortunately, a lot of people look at selling Uh, what you do when it's really not about selling you're really serving people and they're investing in you to serve more people money is just a means to achieve something it's not evil in and of itself it's just a tool to be used Um, and I know you and I have talked about that extensively just because coming out of school you you have almost this fear of asking for money. Can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. I remember being in our clinical rotations and it was $35 for an adjustment. Which is not a lot. It's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. For people who want to value their health, that's nothing. But yeah. I was terrified to ask for $35. Yeah. But as you start to learn the value of your service or what you have to offer, you can put a more realistic price tag on it. Absolutely. And when people start to experience it, if they'll pay for it, you know, and they value that for themselves, they'll begin to understand why 
Yeah. You know, you're not you're not paying for the adjustment. You're paying for my education. You're paying for everything that I've done to properly work you up as a doctor. Yeah. It is not just an adjustment. We don't just rack them and crack them, yeah. Katie. <laughs> well, I, I read actually a quote once that said, people pay for um, value gained, not for services rendered. Absolutely. Yeah. So, the, you know, if you spend 10 minutes doing something, well, you spent 10 years learning how to do that in 10 minutes. So, they Absolutely. pay for that value. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to the third thing, uh, the third prong here. What is, what is that? What are you deeply passionate about? Yeah. So I think that one kind of speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Defining what you are absolutely passionate about along with what you can be good at or bad at and what is financially viable. When you have those things, you can totally define your success. Yeah. You can figure out what can I do with my life that gives me purpose, that I wake up for each morning that I can live my life doing, you know, because there's a lot of people that want to do things. Some people want to travel the rest of their life. They're Mm -hmm. deeply passionate about travel, and they may be the best traveler in the world, but it's not financially viable for them. Where other people, they can make money off travel, but the majority of us go for fun, right? Yeah, so she's speaking about herself right now because she likes to travel. I do, I love to travel. Uh, (laughs) But as far as as passion goes, um, you know, I really feel like burnout is a huge thing in the chiropractic profession. We give so much of ourselves and, um, you know, selflessly, but... Um, unfortunately, a couple years in, you, you give so much and you feel like pay, people take away from you. But when you're when you're passionate, I almost feel like, um, you know, that that doesn't really happen to you because you wake up every day loving what you do. And it's um, you use that as fuel um, and you don't let people deplete your energy. Of course, you have to have other avenues to refill your cup, so to speak. Uh, I'm a very, very heavy introvert, so I need my alone time. Um but I'm super passionate, so I wake up every day on purpose, and I love what I do. So I really feel like um, that has kind of led me to the other two prongs. You know, I started with passion, and then I came with the, okay, is this financially feasible? And then um, that first one, remind me what it is again. What can you be best at in the world? What can I be best at? Well, I have a lot of things I'm still figuring out how to be good at it, but there's definitely things that I've I've tried to delegate away. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you talk about the concept of burnout, and um, one of my mentors is Grant Cardone, and Grant does not believe in the concept of burnout. So Why? I, Why I is know that? you've read some of Grant's stuff. Yeah. Because when you're passionate, just like you said, when you're passionate, yeah. you're not going to burn out. Yeah. But... Here's the issue. This is why these three go together. There are a ton of people out there, Mm -hmm. like we said, that are so passionate. They wake up passionate and they're excited, Mm -hmm. but they can't afford to live because what they're doing is not financially viable. Yeah. Right? So then you're going to hit burnout. You're going to not be passionate. You're not, or you're not the best at it. There are people Mm -hmm. who are better than you. So starting to truly define that concept for yourself and understanding how those three um, inter, interlace and how they react to one another and how they influence one another is is truly imperative in understanding how to define your success. Yeah. All right, Ashley, to uh, close this up a little bit, uh, what, are, what are some closing thoughts for our listeners? Closing thoughts. There's one other thing I want to share with you guys today, and it's the success equation. Oh, this is good. Out of a book called Three Feet from Gold by Sharon Lecter. Definitely need to read it. I read this one myself. It is. It's an excellent book. So the success equation is passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equals success. So you can break that down just a little bit for our listeners. 
So when you figure out your passion, which we've talked about, uh-huh. plus your talent, which is what you can be the best at in the world, yeah. times your so your association, which it's, is who are you going to work with? Are you going to work for yourself? Are you going to work in a company? What's your company, right? Who's the association? You're I think association with? also stands for who you surround yourself with because Absolutely. you're a combination of the five people you spend the most time with. For sure, it definitely can be. Yeah. Times your action, plus your faith. That's your success equation. So how hard are you going to work for it, your action, and then your faith in uh, you believing in your products and services? Absolutely. FCB and your PSI, like Jim Parker talks yeah, about. Yeah. Faith, confidence, and belief in your product, services, and idea. That's my very favorite Parker principle. We're Parker grads here. Yeah, we are. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. All right. So where can people engage with you? Where can they find you on social media? Uh, Instagram, you can find me at Ashwords, at A-S-H-W-A-R-D-S, at Ashwords. Awesome. Katie, thank you so much for having me today. thanks for having me. Um, If you guys have any questions, concerns, or want to let us know how we can better help you, help serve you, and help you be successful, um, you can find me at at Making Strides for Animal Cairo, or uh, my business account at at Instride Chiropractic. Um, I'm also at instridechiropractic.com, or uh, you can send me an email through that as well. Um, but thanks for joining me here today, Ashley. It's been great. And I know that our listeners definitely got something out of it. So I look I forward sure to so. hopefully doing more. Me too. Thank yeah, you, Katie. Absolutely. Have a good one. Hey guys, Dr. Katie here. Thanks for listening. My intention behind starting this podcast was to build awareness and promote our amazing profession. If you like what we're doing here, please like, share, or leave a review. Help us to spread this movement so we all can begin to take steps towards change. Let's make strides for animal chiropractic.